Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment, but we do have the man running the boards, Joey Dees. Hey. On today's show, I'll talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about what the heck is going on with conventions and which ones are trying to uh, put stuff out there. Will it be next year? Yes. When next year? Who knows? Also, we'll be talking about the latest episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, where we meet some frogs and some spiders. Mm-mm. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just look up BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. And let's get right into the uh, discussion about conventions with our very own Gareth Von Kallenbach. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, that is SKNR.net. And, I mean, we all know that this year we're not going to conventions. I mean, it's November, and this is kind of that harsh reality. And it looks like, I mean, even going into next year it's not like 2021 is just going to be poof we can just go to these things and gareth you know what's been going on with a couple of these conventions because they've already announced what's happening right correct and see the interesting thing is there's been a flood of new stuff that has come in this morning as well on several other shows and you know while it's too early to do this i I think what's happened is, as we know, there was the encouraging news the other day of the vaccine that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people have said, oh, it's going to be mid next year. And then others have come out and said, well, no, um, you know, it's entirely possible that high risk people could be getting this issued as early as December, if not early part of next year. And we've already seen one, possibly two conventions that were December of next year who've said, you know what, we're going to move things up and we're going to go, we're going to try for the summer. Oh, really? Yeah. Which uh, Like the creation show in Vegas, which is traditionally in August, uh, they had pushed back to December this year, the big Star Trek show where practically uh-huh. the whole cast comes out. Um, they were going to, you know, they were trying for December this year, then they realized that's not going to happen. And everything was looking like December of next year and apparently they just put up and said you know what we're going for a new date we're going to try for august of 2021 which is their traditional date and i mean that's still right now like 10 months off so i mean you can see how it's going to be going up to that point and i mean even like what with a lot of the conventions this year we're doing is like saying we have a specific date let's see what happens and then obviously they had to cancel that sort of thing so putting it at august which is their um yeah like you said their normal date it doesn't seem too far outside the realm of just like i mean it might be wishful thinking but at this point you might you got to put something down so why not that one Exactly. And, and, you know, and that seems to be the issue because it is such a huge change because we've had people like San Diego Comic-Con who came out and said, hey, you know, we're not going to put any new tickets on sale. Now, as you and I have discussed, a big chunk of that was because the people for the 2020 show were given the option to roll over their tickets for next year or to request a refund. 
and knowing how it can be a mad dash to get tickets, my assumption is that the majority of people said, you know what, I'm holding on to my tickets. That way I'm already locked in. But they had already come out and said um, about a month ago now, hey, you know what, with all the uncertainty, we're not going to put new tickets on sale. And some people took this as saying, okay, they don't think it's going to be possible. Others have said, no, they're hedging their bets. They're simply saying, let's not, you know, dump more tickets onto the market than have to worry about what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens because let's be honest, if, you know, things happen and they're able to, they can put extra tickets on sale in June for a July show and still have no problem. You know, yeah, people (laughs) would have to work their rooms and stuff, but people find a way. Exactly. (laughs) And that's like the big thing at that point in time. There'll be some hemming and hawing and some, you know, bitching about the whole thing. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's going to happen no matter what. People are going to bitch no matter what. So just to have have them kind of hedge those bets and wait until it's like absolutely sure until they can do it, that totally makes sense. And I saw, I don't know, do you hear about Emerald City Comic Con, how uh, they're pushing back their date? Yeah, Emerald City Comic Con and C2E2, which are is the one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And ironically, they were able to hold pull theirs off. That and PAX East were like the last shows to be able to hold one uh, before everything went crazy. Mm-hmm. They've both gone for December. Emerald City is going December 2nd through 5th. C2E2 is December 10th through 12th. And that was interesting because there are a few shows that are going to be happening virtually early in the year, like um, CES, which is usually the second week or so in January in Las Vegas, they way back in the summer said, you know what, this isn't happening, we're going digital. Um, BlizzCon, which usually is in November, basically said, you know what, we're going digital in February, there you go. But it's funny because you're seeing all this kind of movement, and it's almost like, Everybody is trying to wait and see, and it's kind of like you don't want to put the cart before the horse, but it's almost like the events of the last week have made people take a pause and say, hey, wait a second, maybe things are going to be changing in a different direction. Maybe things are possible. We've seen shows like the Star Wars Celebration um, push back two years. Disney usually has the D23 Expo every other year. They were scheduled to have it in 2021. They already came out and said, no, we're going 2022. We're just, you know, calling it the 100th anniversary of the company. And I've talked to people at some various cons, you know, uh, and in programming and such. And they've said, you know, we haven't even done any meetings or anything like that. And that's unusual because we're really, you know, by this point, we're already booking guests. We're already making our plans for the panels. And they're they're not doing it. But yet you still see the dates down like WonderCon still says March 26th through 28th, you know, Phoenix fan fusion still says May 28th. And I think it, we all know this can change on a dime, but it's kind of like everybody went from saying, wow, let's all go next year to, wow, I don't think this is going to happen. Cases are surging to now all of a sudden they're saying, well, wait a second. Uh, (laughs) You know, it seems like new directions are happening. There's this vaccine, seen out there that may be available sooner than we thought maybe this is going to be a possibility and you know it it's a weird trickle down effect we've talked off air about the cruises coming around saying yeah you know what we're 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 not going to we're not going to extend the no sale order 
but you can't go and sail yet until you submit your new guidelines and we evaluate them. But at least you can see there's this kind of, okay, I think we might be planning on getting, you know, I, I've heard people say spring is not unusual. Concert promoters that told me a while ago they were looking at next summer when they could resume traditional concerts. And that seems to be what's happening with the convention season. I think everyone's kind of saying, I, I think truthfully, if you put them on the stand and made them make a statement, <laughs> I think a lot of them would say, yeah, we got our plan date and we also have a, a couple of backup dates. And I mean, to that end, we don't know what's going on, A, with the state of uh, the pandemic or the virus or the vaccine or anything. And we also don't know really what is going on, because like you said, this is completely fluid with the convention situation. And it really I mean, ultimately, whether they do this or not, whether there's a vaccine or not, it is it's ultimately up to um, the 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 convention goer to uh, if they want to go uh or not like when theaters open that was one of those things where i'm just like i'm not currently okay with going to a movie theater in spite of what safety protocols they have and that's my choice like i feel that even if you don't feel comfortable going to conventions and all your friends are don't really kind of have that fomo moment like don't get that into your brain because if it's something that you don't want to do don't feel like you're forced to go to that sort of thing you know Exactly. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because um, I, I wanted to make sure to mention CinemaCon because that's the one uh, where the exhibitors, it's not open to the public and it's where the studios come. And it's essentially their love letter to the theater to say, hey, we still need you. We still value you, so on and so forth. They've already come out and said they're going to do it, but it's going to be later in the year. It's not going to be early like they had planned. And people are saying, they kind of have to because with the state of the theaters and the studio's relationship right now, we've talked about the, the fighting over mm -hmm. streaming versus they need to do this. And because it is not open to the public, they can limit it and say, we're going to do studio exhibitors and select media. There you have it. Yeah. And we have seen things like as far back as last uh, summer, where conventions were saying, you know, early into next year, they were writing us saying things like, would you be okay with a test on site and mandatory masks to enter the facility? If a vaccine was available, would you be okay with showing proof that you have been vaccinated and a temperature check slash whatever prior to entering the convention? Mm -hmm. You know, would you be yeah. okay with mandatory masks and stuff like that? And, we're already seeing this again. There was another company that handles several chains nationally, and they sent out a survey, and that was a big question. You know, would you be okay with rapid testing on site to get in? Would you be okay with wearing mandatory mask use at all time? You know, if a vaccine was available, blah blah blah. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. It's it's like every these companies are saying some of them essentially there are a lot of speculation that they cannot afford to miss another year yeah and i mean that's just the crappy part about all of this like if you don't do these sort of things there's a good possibility that they won't come back uh for years if at all so everything is in flux i mean like i said everybody do what you can to feel safe for yourself and uh, i mean still enjoy all the nerdy content out there and i know a lot of stuff will still be going digital whether or not you want to go there or if you just want to do it online via you know whichever twitch or all that stuff it's a 
lot of good, uh, a lot of good ways to kind of uh, deal with all of that. And I know Gareth, no matter what, you're going to be getting us all that information. People can find all of that at skewed and review. That is S K N R dot net. Thank you so much, man. Anytime. Take care. Thank you, Gareth. And now this is something I read that Ticketmaster, hopefully next year when they're going to be doing uh, uh, concerts or trying to do concerts, if that's going to be a thing next year, that they're going to want to do um, like mandatory like proof that uh, you uh, uh, have either tested negative or that once the vaccine has come out for COVID that you've actually gotten the vaccine. Now, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about conventions, but I think that even if they did something like that with conventions, I don't know how enthusiastic I would be about going to uh, any convention next year, really. Even with a vaccine, I think I'd still want to stay home. Yeah, I'm just that's kind of where I am with it. It would have to be one of those things where the the population, enough of the population has taken it where I feel comfortable that if they have been checked pre-thing that I know I won't get it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like I feel that people... We've seen it at conventions before where it was just like where the sickness wasn't as 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 dangerous as this is now. But people will go to conventions because they spent their money on it. And, you know, hell or high water, they're going to show up whether or not they're sick. And I mean, that's why we have the phrase con crud in, mm-hmm. in our lexicon, because it's a real legit thing. I got sick the last two conventions I went to. I know you went to it was Dice Tower West. Yes. And then the. The the packs unplugged. Oh, packs unplugged in Philadelphia. So I, mean, I was sick for both of those, and I can see why you would be having an issue with that at mm-hmm. this point in time. Like, nope. I totally, absolutely get that. So we'll have to mm-hmm. see where everything goes with all of this, and uh, like. It might just be, you know, a lot of virtual cons. Like uh, Gareth was talking about BlizzCon going virtual. It's not the worst thing in the world. A lot of these companies that are, uh, put these shows out there are pivoting that way. And it's awesome because you can watch those panels in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, you know, if you do a viewing party like you would on Twitch or something. Oh, yeah. And like as a company, say Blizzard or something like that. And then when you reveal your new game, do the whole you can get the access to our beta key or whatever by watching throughout the panel. Like Mm -hmm. that'd be a kind of cool idea to do a weird kind of testing of the game where they get to play as if you were at a convention, for instance. But, you know, maybe you only get access to it for an hour or a day or however long they want their key to be. Exactly. And that's like one of those things that was a big thing about PAX. Anyway, PAX wasn't for the industry, something like a CES or any of those things. PAX was for the the fans to stand in line for a long time and get a chance to play the games that they want to play. And I think that's a really fun idea. Yeah, I think you should submit that and maybe uh, for a little change back on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, let us know how you feel about the convention schedule. I'd love to hear some input, maybe some ideas of uh, why you would or why you would not go. Because at this point in time, me personally, unless I get persuaded some other way, I'm not really going to be wanting to do this. Yeah, because you can't really go and game or board game or do anything like that because that's a small room with a lot of people. Yeah. And, I mean, unless you're going to be board gaming outside. Yeah. And- just because you have a vaccine for one thing doesn't mean you're going to get not get sick from something else. True. Absolutely right? true with that. Ah. Uh, moving on from that, let's uh, talk a little bit about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Not the <laughs> latest latest because it's Friday and one episode has already dropped. The third episode of this season has already dropped. But we're not talking about that one. We're talking about episode two Rep. of season two, The Passenger. Rev is a gracious host. He gives you a week. Yes. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And we've set that up uh, before because, I mean, our good friend Caesar who listens, uh, I remember the when the season two began and it was like 6 a.m., started our normal show, and he's like, bro, have you watched it yet? And I was like, nah, man, I was sleeping. It's 6 a.m. Yeah, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> right now. What do you think I've been doing the last six hours, eight hours, however many hours I sleep? I was sleeping. Like you were I'll watch it after Carl. <laughs> yes, yes, I was actually. Carl is a cat, by the way. For yeah. those of you who don't know, <laughs> yeah, he's the uh, he's the big spoon when uh, when that comes down. Uh, but moving on from that, we uh, get to the forty five minute episode that Vicky. Uh, I don't know how much of a fan you were of uh, well the uh, the the big bads and the little no, bads and all I the was uh, not, creepy you, crawlies. I I was. You watched it before I did, and mm-hmm. so you had made like a comment or something. You're like, I was so frustrated because you know, Baby Yoda and stuff. Something about kids. I'm like, oh, okay, it's gonna be like that. But you never once warned me. There's no way that since I know how freaked out you are about um, giant spiders, giant spiders ice in spiders, general. any spiders. Yeah, I, I immediately texted him while I'm watching the show. Ice spiders. Giant space ice spiders. Yeah, it no. was great. I laughed, but it was yeah. So it was like I could not watch. Like that was the one moment. Really? I'm like I am going to like I'd had like peek up, look up, and you know I, I'm like I'm gonna look at my phone now and just like look up occasionally. They're not they're not real. They can't hurt you. They looked real. <laughs> Actually, you know what? And that's one of the fun they things I love really about good. Yeah, like CG and like this show. And I mean across the boards, we've talked about how uh, the new Star Trek Discovery has amazing graphics. Oh, Amazing yeah. CG. So when you're getting into the sci-fi uh, movies and television shows and all of this, the fact that you can be brought into where they're at and dealing with the environment, the creatures, and it's not immediately taking you out of that 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 suspension of belief, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so with this one, we get uh, we get our our, our favorite. Um, uh, uh, I was going to call him a Boba Fett, but no, uh, he does have the armor. But our favorite Mandalorian and his little ward uh, finally figure out that they need to get to Trask because, well, they uh, got some information from a little frog lady that says that there's a Mandalorian or at least a connection to the Mandalorian syndicate so he can get more information about finding Yoda, baby Yoda, the child, its home. And so Frog Lady is like, I need to go to this place. I need you to take me there. Also, we can't use the hyperdrive because I need to transport my eggs to be fertilized by my husband who is on Trask. Because they're froggies. Yes, they're little, yeah, like uh, um, bipedal froggies. Remember, Mm -hmm. it uh, reminds me of, I think, is is it Slippy? Yeah, Slippy from Star Fox. That's exactly what I was going to say. So it was, like, really cool to see that. And I... I also like the fact that they're going with uh, a few less, um, like, just straight-up humanoid uh, aliens. Like, because even in that scene uh, in the in this episode earlier, you get to see uh, uh, What's-Her-Nuts, the, the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, mechanic Pelly, who is uh, uh, Amy Sedaris' uh, mm-hmm. uh, character. I love her. She was doing some gambling game with some sort of insect dude. And I thought that was super cool because, like, it means that they're going to be going a little bit away from just a human dude wearing makeup. And so it was kind of neat to kind of get into that. A fun fact, though, about the little froggy gal. Yeah. Um, I was just remembering that uh, it, the actress who plays her was the same one that played, and I'm blinking on this character's name, but the one that says, uh, this is not the, this is the way, the other one, I've spoken. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's the same actress who plays like the physical version of both of them. What? 
Because she's teeny tiny. She's shorter than me. Oh. She's 4'9". I got to look her up. That's funny because I was like, wait a minute. No, wasn't that like Nick Nolte that did that? He did the voice. He did the voice. So that makes way more sense. Okay, that's funny. Um, So the problem with this is that they can't use the hyperdrive, like we said. So that makes them an instant target. And the best part about that is we're like... This is after the second Death Star has exploded. Everyone saved the day and returned to the Jedi. And this is where we're taking this. It's a lawless land. That's why we're on Tatooine, why we're on the Outer Rim and all of this. But where does where does the new um, the, the, the new uh, rebel, not the rebels, but I guess the new Republic, how, how are they fitting into all of this? And we find out that they're still kicking around and they still got like backwater, like highway patrol, basically, that it comes down to. And this is before episode eight, right? Or no, nine. Before like, seven, seven, eight and nine yes so before seven because in seven we see them destroy like six planets at once which yeah. would make you go well where they go well they're dead no but this is before that <laughs> so that does make sense yeah and shout out to misty rosas who plays the frog lady but also plays Keel. i can't say his name quill <laughs> quill that's right yeah. yeah 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 and yeah so frog lady Mando and uh, Baby Yoda have to deal with the uh, the, the New Republic Highway Patrol uh, trying to say, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Okay, well, we need to pull you over. And, of course, uh, he's like, hell no. Starts this nice little kind of chase scene in his rust bucket, which isn't going to get him very far. Mm-mm. Decides to hit up the ice planet. And instead of getting away, gets caught and... I felt kind of bad because mm-hmm. the uh, the old the old rust bucket uh, ended up uh, needing a lot more repairs, mm-hmm. and it kind of leads into one of the most frustrating things about uh, Baby Yoda this episode. He is a baby. Okay, yeah, but he does he, he have to destroy an entire species' eggs? Have Thank you, you never been around a toddler? I guess for I a long period of time. Because, I guess I haven't. So for those who don't know, you know much about us, like uh, on the personal level. Uh, I, my parents and I foster a little baby boy. He's going to be my adoptive brother once the adoption process goes through. Mm-hmm. He is turning, oh, he is two today. Actually, happy wow, birthday! Happy birthday. birthday! Actually, oh crap, I need to get his blues. Anywho, <laughs> uh, he is two years old. Everything that Baby Yoda did in this episode, I am very familiar with. <laughs> this is what Just I deal shoving with. Shoving stuff in his mouth. And because my parents are currently selling their house, they're currently living with me while they sell and buy their house. So I get this little baby. All day, every day. <laughs> well, I'm not at work. And so this is exactly, they captured a toddler perfectly. Okay. So well, they did a great job. It was hella frustrating for me watching I this. I agree. That was the same way. I, was, yes. I don't mind him eating stuff or like if he wants to eat parts of the ship. But like, come on, this this lovely lizard chick, you know, who's trying to get her kids to her birth planet, and, yeah. and Baby Yoda's eating her kids, like and they're like eating them, like the end of the family line. She's gonna know, like what, like right? Mando's gonna get her to the planet, and then she's gonna be like, so what happened to half my kids? And also maybe like, and maybe it's like the whole Vicky sort of situation, like she as a mother understands that toddlers are kind of little jerks. But yeah, they're like, tiny little drunken jerks. Like, <laughs> and so like, I, please do not put that garbage in your mouth. Get out of the garbage can. What are you doing? Sounds like that me is my cats, not I food. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I don't. I just mm. yeah. Every other part of the episode, I loved. So well, which it, is it's hilarious because I think they did exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to make you upset and angry at this cute little thing because it's like it's so cute, but I'm so mad at you. But you're still so cute, and we're still trying to protect you. I'm gonna be honest. I don't feel. 
so bad about that stormtrooper punching him in the head right. at the end of yeah, the I uh, agree. last season. <laughs> yep. Again, you guys have not been around toddlers. I want to throw them out the window sometimes, but <laughs> I do not. Because you love them. I love them. And oh my God, stop it. Right? That and, is not toys. But of course, this gets down to the fact that uh, a frog lady kind of screws up, kind of opens up a whole portal to uh, Spider-Verse. <laughs> I'm going to go take a bath in in, in the uh, icy planet. You know, right. you'll be done with the repairs soon, right? Yeah, and I understand in those sort of terms. And this kind of went from, like, a Western that the first episode was to straight up, like, horror. Like, no. especially for Vicky. But, like, oh, kind oh, of like an so icy planet, itchy. like the thing being stuck in, like, Antarctica. This was that. Like, running from the insurmountable odds of these giant, huge spiders. And then just the little ones getting in, like... How is it? How are they going to get out of this? And then, of course, the uh, the New Republic Highway Patrol were able to come back and save them. And even the best part about it, like Mando was like, "Hey, maybe you could kind of help us out here." And they're like, "Nah, how about you just fix that beacon?" And then they just peace out. Like, we're not, we don't want you to die, but we're also not going to help you. Like, mm-hmm. we had to chase you around, and if you wouldn't have gotten yourself into the situation by running, we wouldn't have this problem. So yeah, f off, kid. By and large. I loved it. I yes. thought it was great. A lot of people I know were kind of complaining about this was a, essentially kind of like a, I don't want to say a useless episode, um, but it didn't really progress the story that much. And with an eight episode uh, season, mm-hmm. like, do you have enough time to do that? But I feel that there's going to be a lot of impl- uh, implications from this episode. I feel like definitely it's uh, like a two-parter episode, mm-hmm. if you will, because all of them are standalone. And I feel like this episode and potentially the next one are going to be connected. Yeah, so I like to be- hope so. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't, this whole season really isn't about anything, if mm-hmm. you know, if you will, right? It's just about whatever his journey is going to be with the kid. It's not like yeah. we have a bad guy we got to get to at the end of the season, no. right? Uh, we have, We well, still have yeah. Gideon. Well, he's chasing him. Yeah, but, yeah, oh, yeah. Grand yeah. Moff Gideon, I yeah. think it is. Is that Giancarlo Esposito? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. With, with the, the black lightsaber? Yeah, with the dark saber. Oh, Jesus. Badass. But it's not like, you know, baby Yoda's in a castle and Mario's got to go find him. You know, it's, it's <laughs> I got to like collect that. the mushrooms Your first. Yoda's in another castle. <laughs> yeah. do, 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 do. And it's a different toad. It actually <laughs> Every looks time. Like, no, well, no, it looks like a toad this time, huh? Instead <laughs> of it, mushroom guy. Anyway, that was really dumb. Yeah, sorry. A lot of people were pissed off that, I'm guessing it was something deeper than just you know, baby Yoda eating the eggs. Cause yeah. I, uh, one of the, uh, I believe the, uh, creative art manager, Phil Sosa stack had a tweet for the record. Chapter 10 of the Mandalorian makes it clear that the frog ladies eggs are unfertilized like the chicken eggs. Many of us enjoy, but obviously chickens aren't sentient beings and the child eating the eggs is intentionally disturbing for comedic effect. And yeah, it was just like, there are implications, and listen, a toddler's not going to understand the fact that he is eating the species of a character, He's just of like, a creature. this smells good, I want to eat it. Exactly. And this is the first time, I, like, in a long time I've seen a toy not spoil an episode, because Funko's already <laughs> come out with the Baby Yoda with the egg tank. What? Yeah, have you not seen it? Oh, uh, okay. okay, that's adorable, but also... Really disturbing. That's like, awesome. Super, super disturbing on that aspect. I mean, so uh, Christmas is coming. You know what to get me. Well, okay. I know how to get you that. I mean, I already have a couple of uh, of uh, Baby Yoda things. I got a crocheted Ooh. Baby Yoda. I got a crocheted giant Funko. Might as well get this for my collection. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Funko is not crocheted. It's just a giant Funko. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but yeah, very eagerly awaiting to see the end of this arc. Because yeah, it's going to be at least another episode till they get to Trask. Or at least this next episode that's out today out on Trask. So we'll have to see where that goes. And I'm sure we'll complain about it in the future anyway. Uh, But now it is time for... 
for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky. No more Mando talk, but what else do you got for us? All right, this is very, 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 very important Uh-oh. information that we got earlier this week, and I've been losing my ass ever since. Really? Sometimes we just need a little stability in our life. You know, the unknown right now is very stressful. Uh, yeah, and basically everything is unknown. Yeah, you don't it, know what's going on anywhere. Yeah, when things are up in the air, you're like, I feel like if this is a yes, but no, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's, you know, it, out in the world, or with its, with its you know, your favorite TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like Umbrella Academy. Are we or are we not getting a season three? And our prayers have been answered. We are getting a season three. Nice. Production of Umbrella Academy season three begins in February. All right, then. So I don't know how, Good. how long it actually takes. So maybe I'm hoping early next next year yeah. or end of next year. Yeah. I, I mean, depending on I mean how like any of this goes, because like. Places, uh, places that are uh, are filming right now. There's the ups and downs of mm-hmm. dealing with COVID and trying to keep everything uh, a distant, but also you know safe. And if uh, anything happens to go wrong in that, they shut down for like two weeks. Yeah. So hopefully, like maybe the end of summer. I don't even know if they record uh, or if they like tape all of them at once, or if it's like most television shows where they will like do a couple of them and just keep filming as they're releasing episodes. Well. It's it's Netflix, so they all kind of come out at once. So they. Oh, Yo, you're right. You're right. Have, yeah, so they, they have, have to, to do it. They yeah. have to do all of it at once. Plus, because they have to deal with superpowers and the makeups and stuff, they have oh, a lot yeah. of CGI to add to it. So that usually takes up a lot more time. Sometimes more than filming. Which I I, I want to be greedy, and I would like confirmation for a season four. However, uh, because of Netflix and how they are, they probably will not yeah. go past season three. Just because that is uh, they the way Netflix does things, they don't like doing things more than three seasons because they want to put their money towards new things so they can get new people coming in. And it's kind of interesting in the terms of the fact that there are only right now three graphic novels out, so three arcs mm-hmm. of the Umbrella Academy, and I'll eventually get yours back to you. Yeah. Uh, Have you finished what? it at least? No, okay, I need to go no. back and actually start it all over again because I've forgotten. But um, so like, it, it's interesting because yeah. it, so we've already covered. It's very different from the comics, and it yeah. has to be because otherwise the show would be way too ridiculous. More ridiculous than <laughs> like Joe would have just rage quit yeah. at that point. I oh, don't yeah. like time travel. He oh, does yeah. not. You would have yeah. you would have rage quit harder. Um, <laughs> that being said, we uh, we've already covered the events of quote unquote season one or uh, book one and two. Book three is completely different. It, it's ridiculous. It takes place on a whole nother. It feels almost like dimension or something. See, I haven't but, gotten that far yet. Yeah. They, they, well, I mean, you kind of do because you kind of see like not dimension, but just a completely different place. Yeah. I don't even know how you would describe it. And you know, and I read the comic. <laughs> but uh, and I think uh, before season two even came out, I did read a little bit about the Sparrow Academy and stuff about what it was like in the comic book, even before I read the comic. And you don't really get to, to them until a little later. So I'm curious if they're going, what's going to happen here? Like if book four would have more of the Sparrow Academy or if it's just, a, I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. And like, and, could they wrap it up from there? I don't know. And the good part about this is that Gerard Way has been pretty integral in the part of the filming of the stuff. Uh-huh. So I have to feel like it's like way more, like I started to kind of get kind of scared of like, if they're going to have like a season four of this, um, where they would go with it, because it kind of reminded me of the Game of Thrones dilemma yeah. where they might have a general idea, but George R.R. R. Martin hadn't written five, six or seven from the, for the books and we he didn't put out a finale, and that's kind of why the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones were just kind of 
not the, the best. Yeah, but George R. R. Martin is really old, and Broadway <laughs> is younger, and you know has all these ideas fresh in his mind, and he's participating. My one hope is that for this next season, it isn't another arc where Vanya destroys the whole world. I feel like it can't be because of the Sparrow Academy. I'm hoping. Yeah. But, I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, as long as we get more Umbrella Academy, I'm kind of okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is probably just going to be a season like, crap, we messed up the timeline. How can we fix it? It's going to be more time travel, which Joe loves, (laughs) (laughs) to fix things. Yep. But... We'll see. Exactly. And just another quick note in order, in honor of this, uh, Netflix has actually put out icons. So mm-hmm. you can use your icon profiles of all of the members of the Umbrella Academy, including Pogo. Pogo. Baby Pogo? Uh, yes. Yay! Little little Pogo. But uh, of course, as of right now, my, uh, my profile picture is of Klaus. <laughs> my Klaus. favorite. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.